Good Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. I'm your show host, Kyle Lamb. We're talking college football. Rutgers, not really previewing the Rutgers game today. Ohio State is a seven and a half touchdown favorite over Rutgers. There's not much to preview, but we will talk about the lack of competitive balance between the Scarlet Knights and the Buckeyes. Did the Big Ten make the right decision with Rutgers and what can be done going from here? We'll get into that. Also, it is a big weekend in college football. A couple of huge Big Ten matchups as well as a pretty big SEC matchup. I'll talk about that and later on in the show. Man, this guy, Chris Holtman, he can coach basketball. Third year here at Ohio State. If you haven't noticed by now, the Buckeyes struck gold with this hire. A little bit of credit going to Gene Smith. I'll explain that coming up in the third segment of the show. Locked on Buckeyes podcast is brought to you by JFQ Lending. All of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye licensed in 33 states and more on the way. Check them out at jfqlending.com. We are also supported by GoBus. Ride to over 40 stops across Ohio, connecting rural communities to Columbus, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. Get to Ohio State games with GoBus and bring comfort back to traveling. Visit them at ridegobus.com. Please follow Locked on Buckeyes daily on your podcasting platform of choice. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or by saying, play the Locked on Buckeyes podcast on your smart speakers. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. The show is also on Twitter at Locked on Buckeyes Singular. So Ohio State kicks off Saturday in what we can technically describe as a Big Ten contest. But if we're being honest with ourselves, this is a highly one-sided matchup on paper. It's, it's hardly worth previewing. There are some people, I give them credit, some guys on the Ohio State beat that, that are previewing this. They're getting on the horn, talking to a Rutgers beat writer or a Rutgers media guy somebody that has seen Rutgers up close and personal this year that can explain what the Buckeyes are facing this Saturday. But I can tell you without having seen more than a couple drives here, a couple drives there, this is a bad football team that Ohio state is playing. And I am not going to get caught up in the preview for the week. Look, the last time I, I took this approach basically was Ohio State against Miami. And although they had a, a few eek moments at the start of that game, Ohio State getting down 5 nothing, which, by the way, is the only time that Ohio State has trailed in a game all season, the Buckeyes wound up putting a 76-5 to pounding on the Red Hawks. This game is similarly ouchy from a Scarlet Knights perspective. Fremial Efficiency Index, FEI for short, I know I might as well be speaking Martian, so let me explain the FEI for those of you that are not familiar with it. And it's, to its core, it is essentially an efficiency index that measures net points per drive better than your opponents based on starting field position, how many points you scored, relative to the competition you're playing, etc. Ohio State is number one in that metric. You've probably seen it on Twitter mentioned, even if you're not familiar with it, but you didn't realize you were seeing it because it is fairly widespread these days. 
but FEI has Ohio State favored to win over Rutgers by 71 points. 71.4 to be exact. This is really not even close on paper. It's worse than the 51-52 point-ish spread that Ohio State is favored by over Rutgers. And you may ask, well, why such a big difference? I, I will tell you this. Vegas, even this late in the season, continues to regress teams based on preseason expectations. They take into account the coach's history. They take into account the previous season, recruiting rankings, how much talent you had back on paper, et cetera, et cetera. So there are a lot of things that go into the spread beyond your just net production in the games played this season. And I mentioned it this week and last week. Vegas really is playing catch-up with this Ohio State team. So I'm not guaranteeing that the in-season metrics like FEI or S&P Plus or FPI, I'm not going to guarantee those that have Ohio State a bigger favorite on paper than Vegas. Doesn't mean that they're going to be right, but in this case... Given Ohio State has covered the spread in eight straight games, this could get ugly. It really could. I think in a best-case scenario, Rutgers holds this to a six- or seven-touchdown game. I just cannot see it being a four-quarter game. I'm not even sure I can see it being close at halftime. Ohio State could play its worst game of the season, but barring major injuries, of course— which could change things a little bit, but barring major injuries, I just I can't see this being anywhere near a four-quarter game. It, it really is difficult to say what should happen with Rutgers. Uh, I, look, I'm going to go back in time. I know a lot of people wish Rutgers were not in the Big Ten. Let me say this. I still believe the Big Ten made the right decision bringing Rutgers and Maryland into the league they got out of this what they were looking to get out of it. They got the D.C. and the New York City television markets. And no, Rutgers does not dominate the New York City market, but they don't need to. I don't need to tell you that in a market of 21 to 30 million people, that even 8 to 10 percent, denting that by 8 to 10 percent, is a pretty big deal. In Big Ten markets, the television markets, these the Big Ten Network is making anywhere from 15 cents to a dollar per subscriber per month. You you do the math on 21 million subscribers in the New York City market, even at, even at 10 cents a month, you realize that it, it's a pretty big dent. Uh, it's a lot of revenue coming in for the network and for the league, which owns a 49% share with Fox getting the other 51%. So Rutgers is not bringing in huge ratings in New York City, but they didn't need to. They're merely being on or being in the New York City market was enough to get the Big Ten Network on expanded basic tier, which brings a lot of money to the league through the network. So the Big Ten got out of Rutgers and Maryland what they were looking to get. The problem here for the Big Ten is right now 
Wreckers is so far behind. Remember when they came in the league, they were making $5 million from the Big East in television revenue. Or in the American, I'm sorry. After the Big East went under and they were in the American, they're bringing in $5 million from the conference revenue, media revenue. The Big Ten now is making $51 million per team per year. So Rutgers is still catching up by a, a factor of 10. Now they're making a little bit more than that. The, the Big Ten is easing them in and the Rutgers keeps having to borrow from their share before they're made whole because they're trying to catch up. They're so far behind in the revenue race, in the rat race, they're trying to borrow money on future earnings so that they can catch up in the short term. But the problem here is, like I said, it's the Big Ten imagined Rutgers at least being competitive. I think at the end of the day, there was one of two ways. A lot of Big Ten fans, and I, I respect this because I understand where you're coming from, but I don't completely agree with it. A lot of people say, go out and get the big-time home run hitters, the Notre Dames, the Oklahomas, the Texas, etc. Now, I think all things being equal, the Big Ten would love that, but getting them to come in and a big getting them to agree to join the league is another story for another day. If they could have done that, they would, and they may still in the future, but we're a little bit down the road before that could happen. But what the Big Ten, so the Big Ten could have taken that approach, or you can take the approach that you go out and get schools like Maryland and Rutgers. Yeah, they're not going to make your league better, but they're also not going to take wins away from your existing teams. I'll never understand why college football fans want to have more losses spread around the existing teams. By adding an Oklahoma-Texas, sure, that makes the Big Ten great. But you're also taking wins away from Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska. So it's not a slam dunk as to what the Big Ten should have done. In this case, these schools aren't taking wins away very often. But they're making a lot of money. And at the end of the day, it's what you do with that money and those resources to improve your programs that really matter. Greg Schiano has a big task ahead of him. He is the only guy in Rutgers history that really started to get the program going in the right direction, capable of winning big games. He had them ranked in the, I think it was the 2006 season, was that right? I'd have to look at that. But he had them ranked for a while, playing in a couple of really big games. If Shiano is hired at Rutgers, I don't know that he's going to get them even back to that point because he still has to deal with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, and an, uh, you know, an upstart Indiana program that's playing really well. I'll talk about them in the next segment because they've got a big one with Penn State, and that's an interesting game, especially from an Ohio State perspective. I don't know that Shiano can get them back there. But you would like, even as a Big Ten fan, even if you're diehard Ohio State and you don't want to see Ohio State lose more frequently, you do at least want to play competitive games. Going into Rutgers, being expected to win from anywhere from 50 to 70 points is not good for anybody. You just run the risk of people getting hurt in a game that's not going to matter. I mean, all these games matter, but at the end of the day, when you know the end result before it's even played, Ohio State is a uh, basically a 3,000 to 1 favorite in terms of, you know, it would take 3,000 meetings before you would expect Rutgers to win a game. 
theoretically. In reality, it's probably less than 3,000, but that's still a lot of games. So I don't know what Shiano's going to do if he does take that Rutgers job. He's got a big task ahead of them. But I hope for the Big Ten's sake, I hope for Rutgers' sake, I hope they get competitive. When they're into a full share, when they're making $50 million a year, along with the rest of the Big Ten, they can pour that into facilities and maybe really get great coaching, great practice facilities, and maybe they can recruit New Jersey better than they have in the past. That would be big for them. But until then, we're going to see these ugly games. Ohio State has just dominated Rutgers in the first five meetings. Absolutely dominated them. Outscoring them by well over 200 points. It's been insane. And I think it's going to be the worst that we've seen this Saturday. So I hope for Ohio State's sake, they get in, in there into Piscataway. They get ahead early. They're able to get the starters out, play effectively for seven or eight drives, maybe, maybe fewer, and then get the starters out of there and not have any major injuries. That's what you hope. You hope to have this game wrapped up by halftime, you get your starters out, and then you play the second and third teamers in the second half. That's what's ideal. It doesn't matter if you win by 40 or if you win by 90. The result is the same. Just get out of there without any injuries, and look ahead to Penn State next week. So I don't consider the Big Ten having Rutgers in the league a failure because I think they accomplished what they want. But I do hope, for the league's sake, that things can be more competitive than this. I was never looking for teams to come in and take wins away. I don't think that's necessary. But just be competitive. Coming up in the second segment, as I said, Indiana-Penn State, big weekend ahead. We'll talk about what that means for Ohio State. It is a rather big showdown Saturday in college football. Two pretty big matchups in the Big Ten. No, Ohio State Rutgers is not one of those. I'm excluding that from the showdown Saturday moniker. But there are a couple big matchups in the Big Ten I'll talk about in a minute. I do have to ask this question rhetorically, though, on the Georgia-Auburn game, because that is a big showdown. But if you were listening to Heather Dinich of ESPN, she's trying to sell this as a, a even bigger matchup, not just because from the Georgia aspect, but she's trying to sell us a bill of goods. I saw on Twitter this week, she is pushing two loss Auburn as a team you need to watch out for in the college football playoff. Heather, I'm sorry, dear, but there is no way that two loss Auburn is getting in the playoff without a conference title. And they are, not in contention for a conference title unless a lot of crazy things happen. Like, I understand Heather has a job to do. Uh, uh, the SEC bias aside with ESPN and the fact that they had the SEC network rights, let, let's set that aside for a second. Let's not assume an agenda, okay? I know that I know what you're thinking, and it's fine. I'm not telling you not to think it, but let's set it aside for a second. Let's forget that she is just doing her, her network's bidding. She does have a tough job from the standpoint she has been crowned and deemed the expert on the college football playoff. I don't know how she became this. I don't know how she got the job or why we should take her word as gospel, but she is in that position. And she does have a difficult sell because she has to manufacture drama or else her job is irrelevant. So she's going to throw out a bunch of crazy ideas and, and just hope some of them stick to the wall. 
And Heather, I'm sorry, but you're wasting your time spinning this Auburn scenario because that is not realistic. It's I, I it doesn't it doesn't surprise me, given her situation, that she has to throw crap against the wall. But that is not a scenario that's very likely. That being said, it's a huge game for Georgia because they just got up to the number four spot. They're going to try to fight off Oregon slash Utah in the Pac-12. They're going to try to fight off potentially Minnesota in the Big Ten. They need this win. It goes without saying because I don't think a two-loss Georgia is getting in. Maybe a one-loss SEC Georgia very well could get in, but a two-loss Georgia is not. In the Big Ten... Minnesota suddenly trying to become relevant. Three-point underdog at Iowa this week, this weekend. I was not on the Minnesota bandwagon up until this past week. More so, I was more so than most of you. I had already determined it, that Minnesota was a good team, but I was not taking them seriously in the grander scheme. The college football playoff type thinking. I wasn't there yet, and I'm not sure that I even am there just yet but a week ago I didn't think that they would go into Iowa and win and now I I actually think they might they're three-point underdogs but it's worth noting in the three games that they have played as common opponents with Iowa those games being Maryland Penn State and Purdue or I'm sorry Rutgers Penn State and Purdue Iowa has outscored those three teams 68-37, 31 points total. Minnesota has outscored them 110-64, which is a 47-point total. So if you just look at common opponents, I'm not saying transit property here, I'm not saying that Minnesota is going to win by 16, but in interest of comparing what they have done to the same teams, Minnesota has actually played better. Not as good of defense, but much better offense. I kind of like Minnesota to win this game. I wouldn't have said that a week ago. But I think they're going to march into Iowa City and and get it done. And what's interesting for this, for Ohio State's perspective, I think Minnesota is a bigger deal right now than Penn State. Because if Ohio State can just get to the Big Ten, they can really afford a loss. Get to the Big Ten title game, they can afford a loss, especially to an undefeated Minnesota team. Maybe even a one-loss Minnesota The Indiana-Penn State game is is fascinating. And this seems kind of nutty at first, but if you really let it sink in, I don't think it is. Indiana, a 14-point favorite at college, or I'm sorry, at at, at State Park, State College this weekend. I'll get that right on the third try. Indiana, a 14-point underdog, is a really sneaky, tough opponent for Penn State because they're coming off the Minnesota loss. They're trying to regain focus, but not look ahead to Ohio State. And this Indiana team is being, I think, sorely underrated. Not even getting a top 25 mentioned by the College Football Playoff Committee, which I think is a joke. You can put three lost Texas in there that has looked terrible at times. You know, those bad defenses that we heard about Ohio State last year. Texas has a really bad defense. But they're still in the top 20 despite the three losses. But Indiana with two losses did not even get in the top 25. But this Indiana team is good. 
They are without Michael Penix at quarterback the rest of the year, but Peyton Ramsey, there's not a big drop-off there. I think this Indiana team can go and give Penn State fits. And the crazy thing that I'm going to say is I really actually think Indiana beating Penn State is okay for Ohio State. It's not going to hurt them. Because Indiana would probably get into the top 25 and become a quality win. It's not going to diminish a Penn State game or a Penn State win too much. And I think what's more important is Ohio State then has a buffer zone. Because if Penn State loses to Indiana, Ohio State can afford potentially losing to Penn State next week. And as long as they beat Michigan, they're still going to the Big Ten. And if they beat an undefeated or one-loss Minnesota, they're winning the Big Ten. And as I mentioned earlier in the week, absolutely, I think Ohio State has a buffer zone to get into the playoff with one loss. So Penn State losing, not going to damage that potential win too much for Ohio State. It would allow them a loss where they go to the Big Ten, and I think a win over Minnesota guarantees them getting into the college football playoff. So I actually think, despite how big of a game and how fun of a game it could be next week at the shoe, noon, it's a Fox kickoff, remember? I know plenty of you haven't forgotten that. Despite how fun that might be, there might be some enjoyment for some of you watching Indiana beat Penn State because it's not going to damage Ohio State too much. It gives them a buffer zone. It gets Indiana some more credit that they probably deserve. Ohio State definitely could withstand a loss to Penn State after losing to Indiana more than they could right now because if Penn State wins and Ohio State loses to Penn State next week, well, Ohio State isn't going to the Big Ten title game, and I'm not saying that they can't get into the playoff in that scenario, but it obviously becomes more complicated. As long as they get to the Big Ten championship, they're okay. It'll be interesting to see, but... A lot of fun scenarios. I'm looking forward to this Iowa-Minnesota game. Looking forward to Indiana-Penn State. Georgia-Auburn obviously should be a good one as well. So huge matchups here as we get down the home stretch. Middle of November in college football. It starts to really get fun. Definitely looking forward to it. Coming up in the third segment, Ohio State basketball really, really well. Doing really well. Coming off that big Villanova win. Chris Holtman getting things done. Just going to give you a reminder why Gene Smith did a Great job with this hire and why you have a lot of great years to look forward to with Chris Holtman. Before we wrap up Locked on Buckeyes today and get rolling into the weekend, I just want to remind people at how fortunate you have it as being a Buckeye fan right now. This is a great time in Ohio State history. And look, I know some of you have issues with some things that Gene Smith has done in the past, but I also think it's time to recognize the greatness he has accomplished at Ohio State as far as hiring coaches. I'm not going to get into whether or not he deserves all the credit for hiring Urban Meyer. Personally, having been familiar with some of the background there, I know that he did not take the lead. That was put into motion long before he actually had official contact with Urban. But nonetheless, it got done. They replaced Jim Trestle with Urban Meyer, and then he, they have since replaced Urban Meyer with Ryan Day. And I think we can all see the progress of that. That's going to turn out to be a great hire. Ryan Day is off and running. He is legit. As Urban has said many times, he is elite. He is an elite coach, and he's going to be thought of that 
10 years down the road, everybody's going to be looking at Ryan Day as one of the best colleges, football coaches in college football. And yes, I said college football because I don't think he's going to the NFL. I think he plans on staying at Ohio State if Ohio State allows him for a long, long time. By the same token, Ohio State went to Thad Mata, and now they have replaced Thad Mata with Chris Holtman. Again, a great hire by Gene Smith. And we can get into all of the non-revenue coaches, Tom Ryans of the world. The bottom line is Ohio State has it really good. Chris Holtman still has a lot to prove. He has a lot to catch up with, especially as the way Thad Mata recruited at Ohio State before the drop toe and, and before it took its toll. I still think if the injury doesn't happen, I think Thad Mata is still at Ohio State today. I'm not going to allow the injury to excuse everything that happened under Thad Mata, the way the program slipped. The last seven seasons he was at Ohio State, the winning percentage went down. Each of the last seven years, the winning percentage dropped year over year at Ohio State. That can't be ignored. And and I'm not going to pass off all of that to the injury. I think the assistant coaching just wasn't up to snuff, both as recruiters and on the court and development and coaching. But some of that is on Thad Mata to get it done as far as replacing coaches when they left. That said, I, I still think if, if that had not happened, Thad Mata is at Ohio State. But whatever the reasoning and however history will be remembered, Chris Holtman is well on his way to being a great coach. We still don't know long-term if he's going to be a big-time recruiter or not. But I can tell you this. He's got a full roster right now. He's got depth. They're developing guys. There's a lot of talent on that roster. And this is an interesting stat. Remember this. As of this past March, here are the coaches in the country that have won five consecutive first-round games in the NCAA tournament. This is the list right here. John Calipari, Roy Williams, Bill Self, Mark Few, Mike Krzyzewski, Jay Wright, and Chris Holtman. That's it. End list. Those seven guys right there. Those first six are Hall of Fame coaches and Chris Holtman, who may may well be a Hall of Fame coach way down the line. Too early to say that, but... That is seven guys right there. The only seven guys in the country that have won five straight first-round games. Of course, Chris Oltman, the first three years were at Butler, these last two years at Ohio State. So that is some elite company right there. That is consistency. This Chris Oltman guy, I'm telling you guys, uh, guys and gals, you you probably see it by now, but he is an elite coach. He's great at in-game adjustments. He's great at motivation, development. He's a good recruiter. Still, time will tell if he's a great recruiter, whether or not they'll be a national title contender or just a perennial Big Ten contender. There is a little bit of difference there. They need the five stars, the McDonald's All-Americans. But this Ohio State football program and the Ohio State basketball program combined, as good as it ever was, I know there was those years, a couple years, you know, Ohio State obviously had Florida in the football championship and the basketball championship. That's as good as it gets right there. But this is pretty close. Really like what Ohio State is doing. Give Gene Smith some credit. I know he may not deserve all the credit. There are some things you can look at Gene Smith and criticize him for. But you got to give the credit. You can't just get, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, 
Michael Scott on The Office. I want all of the credit and none of the blame. You can't give all of the blame and not give some credit. It's got to be a little bit of both. And that's where we're at right now with these hires. Ryan Day, Chris Oltman, Ohio State football and basketball rolling right along. That's going to do it for the Lock on Buckeyes podcast. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy this uh, Saturday of football. We'll be back on Monday to dissect it all. Make sure you listen to Locked on Buckeyes on your podcast platform of choice. We're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc. Follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8. We'll catch you on Monday, everybody.